If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Hello everybody, Andy Burt here from Early Excellence. Welcome along to episode 10 of the Early Excellence podcast. Um, Yeah, episode 10, we're into double figures. And I'll tell you what else, we are into triple figures in terms of listening figures, which is fantastic. Um, It also turns out that all lots of people um, don't just listen in the UK, but listen overseas as well. So a big hello to all of you out there who listen um, overseas, not just within the UK. Um, yeah, get in touch. If you think you're the person who listens from furthest afield um, from us in the UK, if you think you, you listen from the furthest distance, then get in touch. Let us know. Stake your claim to be our, our furthest away listener. Um, I'm actually recording the podcast a little bit earlier this week because at the end of this week, um, when this podcast goes out, I will actually be overseas myself. I'll be over in Dubai. I'm going over with uh, my colleague Phil, um, Phil Armstrong, and we are going over to Dubai to go and take part in the guest Dubai exhibition event. So if you are one of our overseas listeners, and you are going to be at the Guest Dubai Exhibition event. Come along to our stand. Come along and say hello to us. Come along and introduce yourselves. And um, we've got all sorts of free goodies and different things to, to give you and to, to pass on to you. All sorts of things there. All right. Let's move on to this week then. This week in terms of the podcast, we have got for you, I think, quite an interesting thing to consider. This week on the podcast, we're going to be exploring the importance of continuity, keeping things the same, rather than swapping and changing things around. I don't know whether it's always been a kind of an element to our practice, but it seems to be something that I'm increasingly aware of, is that actually people... People swap and change their rooms around an awful lot. We spend an awful lot of time changing and swapping and refreshing our classrooms. And it strikes me that that change, changing things around, although freshening it up sometimes can feel like we've really improved things, it strikes me that actually sometimes it can be counterproductive. In fact, a lot of times it can be counterproductive. So that's what we're going to be exploring as part of this week's podcast. Okay, here you go. Hope you enjoy it. I'll be back at the end with some key questions for you to consider. This week we asked the question, do we change our early years environment too much? Does a lot of change to our early years environments improve our practice or provide a barrier to learning? Um, it's certainly something that I think always puzzles me about early years practice, early years education, is how quickly we often change things around in our classrooms and settings. You know, we plan out our room at the start of the year and we stand back proudly, admiring our work, and then we say, this is it to our colleagues. I've got, just my, I've got my room just how I want it. But then wind the clock forward a few weeks and we're already starting to think about making some changes. It's that classic situation you'll be familiar with. Um, We want to freshen up our room and start by moving a single piece of furniture. We might start by turning the piece of furniture around or making more space in an area. That's all fine, all fine so far, except that I think we all know that things won't stop there. No, because moving one piece of furniture nearly always has a knock-on effect. 
Moving one piece of furniture makes the area next door too small. And so we changed that one to, before we know it, what started off as one small tweak to our environment has ended, it's ended up with a major overhaul to the whole of the classroom layout. And we're often quick to change resources around as well, I think. Some settings will plan a whole week's worth of additional resources, challenges and activities all in one go. In settings like this, staff spend time at the end of every week changing over resources. Um, and, and when Monday comes, staff have one carpet time then just to explain everything that's, that's different in the room um, for the whole of the week. In other settings, we've got more of this more of some sets of resources than others and often this leads to people changing things around a lot um, construction kits are a classic example of this um, so often settings will have some construction kits set out for children to use but then they have lots of them lots more of them kept in a cupboard this can lead to a process of rotation um, so we might have um, in settings like that duplo and mobilo for the first half term for example. Uh, but then second half term, it might be Lego and then connects up until Christmas um, and then other kits from January and so on. There are other key areas that are often prone to regular changes as well. Um, the home corner is a classic example of this. You know, at the start of the year, um, home corners are quite rightly a predictable and valuable part of the practice. But fast forward to the end of November and with Christmas quickly approaching, the home corner is on borrowed time quite often. It's as if by magic the role play suddenly has to be Christmas related. And so quite often we do away with the domestic role play, um, which is a meaningful context for children to explore familiar roles and events, and then go and replace it with the opposite. Something like a Christmas elf wrapping station or a, you know, a Santa's grotto. In fact, changes to our classroom environment in this way are often seen as, a, as positive and are celebrated in that way. You know, um, Instagram and Pinterest, they're full of beautiful, but often really temporary provision areas. Um, also, other members of staff in the school might often walk through an early years classroom. They'll, they'll talk positively about any of the new things that you've got there. Sometimes changing things and creating new things feels just like the right thing to do. Um, but whenever I've asked a member of an early years team to think about how many changes happen um, within their classroom, they're often quite quick to tell me about the positive impact on children's learning. They tell me about how excited the children get when they come back after a half term break to find new construction kits, um, a new role play area and other changes to the environment. But I think we've got to be careful with this. I think we've got to challenge it to a certain extent. Um, you know, what is the excitement? If we are seeing excitement when children come into a completely changed around room or with a lot of new, new things and new areas, what's that excitement? What's it based on? Um, do the children feel, how do they feel about the space and resources following on from changes? You know, how do children feel about it? Um, will it lead to more effective learning? In my experience, too much change can lead to a manic kind of nervous excitement in children. It is excitement, yes, but it's built on, I think, probably insecurity. Um, this happens to us as adults as well, of course. So uh, the time to go, the time like when you go to your usual supermarket, only to find um, that they've swapped around all of the aisles, or when you go 
to try to cook a familiar meal in a friend's kitchen. Um, I think they're both examples of how the environment itself affects our security and and our independence, even as adults. My concern is that early years teams devote time and energy into making changes that really, I think, potentially have few gains or could even have a negative impact. Um, If you think about the characteristics of effective learning, um, many of them are based on familiarity and security and confidence, really, rather than change. Um, Continuity of materials over time allow children to return to ideas and concepts that interest them and can provide a context for powerful learning. In my experience, levels of well-being and involvement are usually built on a degree of calm and confidence and security. And this independence is fostered through familiarity. Of course, early years education is far more nuanced than than a simple uh, continuity is good, change is bad kind of scenario. Um, Identifying which resources in each area area of provision offer the greatest variety of possibilities and are used the most by children is vital as these resources must remain part of your continuous provision and be available right the way through the year. In the construction area, offer a small number of sets all the time. Two or three different sets is usually about right and store them so that the children can access the separate parts like wheels and connectors easily. This continuity provided provided that the sets offer a wide range of challenges, will enable children to build increasingly complex models over an extended period of time. Any additions to this area really ought to be informed by how children use these sets and your conversations with them. It might be that the children have been fascinated, for example, by building bridges or by um, constructing vehicles. If so, then there are a number of enhancements that you might want to add in over time. Um, so you, think, you might want to think about selected images, books and materials that will extend and challenge their thinking. I think a real key here is to, is to make sure that the learning is meaningful. Additions to the environment should make sense to the children as well as the adults. So as Christmas approaches, don't change your home corner into a Santa's grotto or an elf's presents wrapping station or whatever it might be, um, children will find it hard to make sense of what they're supposed to do in areas like that. Instead, if you want to add the magic of Christmas to your classroom, then keep your home corner as it is, but add a getting ready for Christmas kind of theme to it. Uh, So add in a small Christmas tree, some decorations, um, a Christmas recipe book, greetings cards, Christmas stockings, and you'll be providing really a meaningful context for children to explore this celebration and to talk about their own experiences and traditions. And of course, the same can be done for other celebrations like Hanukkah and Diwali and Eid or or birthdays as well. So just to bring all of this together, because we've talked about a lot here, I think, um, enhance areas of provision when it's necessary and meaningful. Use your knowledge of the children to, to plan small additions to that. Um, Two or three meaningful and responsive additions each week will provide plenty of opportunities for discussion and exploration without staff falling into the cycle of planning changes um, all the way through the year. My concern with planning lots and lots of new experiences, challenges and activities each week is that it's not only changes to the classroom, it also changes our focus as teachers and as practitioners too. Um, The changes can can negatively affect the interactions 
and the relationships that adults have with children. With opportunities to build learning relationships being squeezed out, really by a greater need for, for logistical conversations of introducing new things and showing children how to use new things that have just appeared to them. Probably the biggest impact of a changing classroom, though, I think is the, is the impact it has on us as teachers and as practitioners. Constant change can lead us to be ideas-driven rather than reflective and responsive to the children. Um, it can lead us to search for ideas from external sources, so, you know, looking at um, different uh, rather than rather than looking at the children's interests and fascinations. Um, the more we search for ideas on Pinterest and Instagram, though, the less I think we reflect on what's happening within the four walls of our own classroom environment. So the next time you feel the urge to change a classroom, stop and think carefully about how change affects the learning environment and the relationships between children and adults within the space. Because when it comes to effective early years practice, change isn't always for the better. Okay, so yeah, lots to think about there. Um, some key questions. Well, how often do you make changes to your classroom environment? It's quite an interesting thing to consider. Quite often, as I mentioned earlier on, quite often we set up our room early on in the school year and we're all good to go but then it only really is often a matter of weeks before we start to think about changing it again. So how often do you make changes to your classroom environment and when you have made those changes what has been the impact of the changes that you've made? Do the changes lead to more or less engagement from the children? So think about those characteristics of effective learning. Are they affected by the changes that you have made to your classroom environment, to the, the classroom provision. Do you feel that the children are more independent following on from the changes that you've made or do they end up becoming more reliant on the adults because you've changed the room around? When you've made changes, do the children still express their own ideas and still um, engage in ideas in, in a deep way? Do they problem solve? Do they collaborate in the same way following on from changes? One other thing you might want to consider is how do you justify the changes that you've made? So are you seeing a positive impact in terms of the learning or are you justifying it in a different way? The reason that I ask this is that sometimes people justify changing their room around because what they see when the children come in after those changes is a kind of a high level of excitement, a sort of manic excitement in the children because the room has swapped around. Now, I think we've got to be quite careful with that. I think sometimes that manic excitement is more about the stress that children are feeling because the room has changed. It's a kind of manic excitement like you get at children's parties rather than a kind of secure confidence that tends to lead to a kind of a deeper level of learning. Okay, so worth considering that. Are we changing it? Have we, have we fallen into the trap of changing our room around because it leads to excitement? And if so, well worth questioning whether that does lead to learning. What else? Are you in the habit of adding lots of enhancements every week and changing your, changing your provision in that way by, by adding or changing lots of enhancements every week? If so, again, just a word of caution around that. Do be really careful that you're not falling into the trap of adding in lots of different additions 
that really perhaps are not necessarily as meaningful as they could be. We would always say it's better to have fewer enhancements that are meaningful than to be adding lots and lots of new things every week. Also, it's not necessarily practical. It's hard work for the adults to keep up to that. Okay, so I hope all of that's got you thinking. Thank you very much for joining us and for listening to the end. Um, You're the people who listen to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, If all of that's got you thinking, do get in touch. Um, My email address is just andy at earlyexcellence.com. If you get stuck or if 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 you think, actually, yeah, you could do with a bit of help with some of these things, get in touch, andy at earlyexcellence.com. And if you put any of these ideas into place and you want to share them, share them with us and celebrate those, the things that you've achieved and got done within your room, then again, get in touch. Um, you can get in touch with me on social media. I'm on Twitter at EEX, or just get in touch with Early Excellence. We're on all of the different social media platforms. Okay, thank you for listening. Join us next time when we're going to be talking all about building on children's interests in the EYFS. Okay, all right, thank you very much. Have a good week, everybody. And if you're looking for more inspiration, why not join us for our 3D tour of our National Centre? It's available online, so you can watch it wherever you are in the world. It's free also. You just need to sign up, uh, and there's a section on the website to sign up to it. As part of the tour, you can be immersed in best practice. You can, you can explore the centre in all kinds of different ways. So you'll be able to delve into our EYFS and Key Stage 1 interactive classrooms, where you'll see examples of high-quality provision. You'll also be able to take a good look around our resource shop, which showcases many of our high quality books, play resources and educational artifacts that are available to buy online. You'll also be able to have a really good look inside our curriculum room and our training room and our cafe space also, with all sorts of different professional books and all kinds of displays of our children's work as well to inspire your practice. Okay, so where do you find it? Well, you can find it on our Early Excellence website. So go to www.earlyexcellence.com. Go to the Ideas and Inspiration tab and there you will find a section called Virtual Tour. If you go to that, you'll just need to sign sign in. So just put in your name and contact details and then it's a free resource so you'll be able to go straight to it. We'll also put a link to that particular section of the Early Excellence website in the description of the podcast.